Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome to The Film Board, the movie conversation podcast reviewing the latest releases that you've seen and want to talk about. My name is Ocean, and I am the host of The Film Board podcast. And on this episode, we're talking about Uncharted. Hey, kid. A little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? 
of everything in here. Why the map? It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. But it's just a story. I beg to differ. Five hundred years ago, my family found the world's biggest fortune. Then was betrayed. People have been searching for it all in vain. Both you turned your keys clockwise at the same time. Thanks a lot. You almost got me killed. Clockwise, Sully. Well, it was 50-50, so I made a guess. Clearly. But the voyage was not just about gold. It was something much more valuable. This girl has a very tragic history. So much blood. I'm pretty sure he just threatened to kill me. Oh, this is gonna suck. Welcome, everybody. Today I am chatting with uh, JJ and Pete uh, to get their thoughts on this movie so we can share them with all of you. Uh, welcome, JJ. Hello. Glad to be here. Uh, welcome, Pete. It is great to be here. Thank you, Ocean. I'm glad to be talking about this movie. Well, why don't we just uh, set the bar real quick? So, without uh, diving too far into the movie, I want you to tell us what you already knew about the movie and what expectations you had going in, JJ. So, I knew very little about the movie. I knew about the adaptation from the game, and I knew how sort of relevant the game was to the world, especially in the Sony PlayStation world. I had never played the game. I knew about some of its gorgeous and legendary set pieces, which I've seen recreated in the film as well. But what I expected coming into the movie, again, not necessarily knowing that much stuff, is I expected something that was going to be really fun, easily digestible, and actually uh, checking the rating, something that was going to be good for my kids, which seems a little weird. But we are making the transition. I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. We are making the the transition from that sort of all-animated world to coming to superhero, all these kind of things. So for them to come to a great PG-13 Tom Holland movie as part of that transition— That was kind of my expectation going in. It was one of those great movies that we could kind of get into and say, hey, here's a live action film that's not a superhero movie. Maybe you're going to like, you know, uh, whodunit, not whodunits, but go find it, scavenger hunt, the treasure hunting movies. Maybe this is something that could be another thing that's on your adventure radar. And that's what I expected going in. And uh, it kind of paid off on those things, I think. All right. And uh, uh, Pete. Yeah, I'm I'm right with JJ on that. I love treasure hunting movies like i love them i love them i don't know if it started with my love of raiders like just the whole idea of following clues across a map with monopoly planes that fly around and show you (laughs) where you're going like i'm totally in like i loved the tomb raider movies i mean all of them i love national treasure i love like all of those movies like i just have a great time looking for treasure so my expectation for this movie the people who made the movie had me provoked that it might actually be a good movie, but I already expected to like it, even if it wasn't a good movie. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm with JJ. I did play the first game. Um, I, I'm not a PlayStation guy, and so I was at a friend's house, and I played probably three or four hours of the first game. I really wow. like this character. I have a great time with the character. You really like that friend. Yeah, yeah. Three or four hours of a game I in someone's who, house. Yes, who 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 would invite <laughs> me to do that? Like, I don't know. He wasn't even there, and, and I made sure to pick up the glass too after the windows broken. Sitting with yeah, the PlayStation. Yeah, no, and and so like I already like had an affinity for the character, but I'm not. I didn't play all four games. I just know I like it. I did tonight watch the 2018 fan film with Stephen Lang and Nathan Fillion playing the the uh, Drake character. I really like that. Um, so. I'm 
I'm a fan already, not a rabid Reddit fan, but I love uh, this stuff, and I was already excited for the movie. All right, well, um, I will be the uh, definitely different uh, take on this as far as the expectations going in. I saw a trailer for the movie and thought, wow, that looks cool. We get to see the continuing adventures of (laughs) Spider-Man. And you and are then, so just one track minded. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what I saw. And then I, uh, you know, it, it looked like an entertaining action, a big action movie. Um, being one that likes to, you know, see, I like to see trailers, but try to see as few as possible. So I'm not spoiled from a movie. I didn't see much mm. else beyond that. And then a week before actually seeing the movie, I found out that it was based on a video game. And that brought my expectations down. Oh, and so I, I okay. did not know. Yes, I did not know that this was a video game. And that's kind of where the, the rock apparently that I've been living under. Because over the past week or so, it, it does seem to be that apparently yeah. I'm the you one. You are the one. There is no way. We, we can't even hide that. That is, a, that is a shame that you now have outed yourself and you have to live with it. And yeah. I'm sorry. Wait, I don't know. I, 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 I'm proud. Wait, but what, why did it bring your expectations down? That, I think that's. Is it because of Doom? Because, <laughs> uh, it's because of every movie I've ever seen based on a video game. Um, oh. I, I don't think I. Th- there, there are some that I. This uh, way, when I when I think of movies based on video games, for the most part, and and I'm not before up to this one. My thoughts of most of them were okay. I can tolerate watching some some of these, but I I typically just don't like them. I, I, and and, to, and there's and there's reasons for that, which we can definitely uh, get into as far as you know what that is and kind of where this movie I think does some of the so, some things that are similar to that as well. But just the way video game movies are structured, I, I find that it it isn't it just isn't my it's just not how I get down. All right. Um. So yeah. So that brought my expectations down a bit, but it still looked like a fun um a fun action movie. So I was still expecting it to like it. So can, you can't okay. think of any video game movies that you that you like any of them? Oh, that sounds like a test. It sounds like you're testing there, Pete. Is there one in particular you're thinking of? Absolutely, there is, and it's uh, Super okay. Mario Brothers. No, wait, I, wait. I legitimately, no, okay. I legitimately wonder uh, about this because I, I am. I'll just say I, I'm a fan of Resident Evil, and, but it also checks oh. a lot of boxes for me mm. because I did right. play the games. I really like the games, and it's like rabid zombie creature disease film like of course or like uh, absolutely i'm gonna be in on that property so even as they got dumber and i haven't seen the most recent (laughs) one but even as they got dumber i was already in so i'm i'm asking like legitimately there have been a ton of them um are there any that you've gotten you can think of that i really like This is why I think this is a really interesting question, because honestly, you know, we have the two-way street here that we're going. We have this, you know, video game going to movie. Famously, movie uh, video games that were originally movies are actually terrible video games, too. Very rarely do do they make good video games from movies as well. So I think this is a really interesting question. If you can think of a great movie that came from a video game, that's an interesting property. I think the same goes in reverse. For some reason, why do, do the mediums, do the media not transfer well? I actually liked the World of Warcraft movie. Oh, I sure. think that was a far superior movie than most game movies that I see. Yeah. Um, and again, it, that's kind of animated and stuff. To, you know, it, it's animated. So it's not the same kind of thing. There was but more I, to that movie, though. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, well, that movie I didn't see, so I have to check it out. But okay. uh, in answer to your question, Pete, uh, pretty much no. I liked. There was one of the Hitman movies that I that I kind of liked. Agent Forty Seven. Um, that I thought was okay. Uh, yes, I think it was Agent Forty. It was the second yeah. one. So I think it was Agent Forty Seven. Yep. That one was okay. I didn't like the Tomb Raiders. Uh, I didn't like Mario Brothers. Didn't like Double Dragon. So go back. That's None of the pretty more recent Mortal Kombat's. No, Assassin's Creed. Man, I was so disappointed with that movie. I was like, I was so in. It could. That that, that's like still totally did. snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Like there was no it, it reason. Really, it really is such cause, awesome cause that property. Is, yeah. What about yeah, like you're right? Because that is one where I was very. I felt very set up for it. I was like, you know, you got assassins, you got killing, you got action. You know, I, I was, I was ready, and then it just it didn't work for me. Well, of course, Doom. Um, uh, the Rock was in Doom, and it, you know they went famously all in on the first person shooter cam and that i didn't mm. care for doom um but at least he had a uh, redemption film in rampage what did you think about rampage are you a big <laughs> rampage fan <laughs> oh is, is yeah is rampage based on a oh, video game oh, oh you not know rampage the ocean. video game oh, no no man. Not rampage based on a video game that is okay. classic arcade yeah. tabletop <laughs> yeah yeah if, if, if you can't tell i don't play a lot of video games but, it, you, you gotta so stand rampage, sideways and you yeah. gotta go Trong into yeah, a thing, exactly. <laughs> pull a person out of a building and eat, okay. eat it. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. You you may you may have found the one in that rampage. While it is not a good enough movie that I would ever recommend, I really did enjoy watching Rampage. Rampage, oh, rampage was fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, that was that was lots well, of fun. But they, it also had the rock. We also so, I don't yeah. know. I you know Sonic uh, the Hedgehog. I haven't seen Sonic. I did see Detective P- Pikachu. We did that on the film board. Uh, and I yes we did. I'm a uh, Pokemon fan, so I actually liked uh, Detective Pikachu. I thought that was fun. I have not seen. Welcome to to Raccoon City yet. But just before we dig into the real meat of this, I just have to say out loud, rapid fire this list. Crossfire, Five Nights at Freddy's, although really Nicolas Cage was already in that in Willy's Wonderland. Gears of War, Ghosts of Tsushima, uh, Just Cause, Just Dance, Mega Man, Minecraft, Metal Gear Solid, Mortal Kombat, Portal, Rabid, Space Invaders, Tomb Raider, Obsidian, Saints Row, Yakuza, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3. All to be released coming soon. They're on, on oh, deck. Oh, I was confused. I wish you would have prefaced that list because I was like, I never saw Mega Man. Like, okay, that makes complete sense. I was like, that didn't exist as a movie yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so they're making Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah, yeah these are all untitled, um, untitled films right now that are in production that from are from games. Right. So yes, right, there yeah. it is it is going to be another Mortal Kombat, but there have been other Mortal Kombats. It's this is Mortal Kombat right, 2 right. of this generation of Mortal Kombat films. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the old one had uh Christopher Lambert in it, who's my favorite B-movie actor of all time. Yes. I like so, and he yeah. was cast well in his yes, role in the original Mortal Kombat. Yes, that he was, was great. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we uh, just jump into a quick, I'll just do a quick overview of this story, at least how it is set up. Um, and this uh, story starts with uh, where we meet uh, Nathan Drake and his brother, Sam. Uh, they are young teenagers at this at the beginning, and they seem to be history buffs who like to treasure hunt slash steal things. Um, so through uh, through the initial uh, event that they that they show us at the beginning of the film, they get caught trying to steal a map. Uh, they and then they are separated late in their adolescence because uh, it looks like so Sam is about seventeen and Nate seems to be around thirteen or fourteen, and they both live in an orphanage. They are separated, and then the movie cuts to ten years later. And uh, we now meet Nathan, who's living his life as a bartender, who is a bartender pickpocket, uh, you know, with a heart of gold. So one day he is visited by Victor Sully Sullivan and offered the opportunity to go on an amazing adventure and find the lost treasure amassed by Ferdinand Magellan, 
um, and it was lost 500 years ago. And go. And that's pretty much where we set Go. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, and go. That's, that's kind of the, that's really the, the high-end overview of the story. I'll go on that, Chase. If you are like me, you have been in one too many conversations with your friends about a movie where you want to discuss the good, the bad, the hidden meanings found in specific scenes, and the beauty of the cinematography. And right after you complete your first point, your friend pauses and politely says to you, I don't know about any of that, but I just liked it. And that response, I think we all know, just ends the conversation before it truly begins. However, my dear listener, if you want to find a great place to have those conversations with others who also like to discuss a movie's meaning, how it's made, and know that when you are talking about an Easter egg, it rarely involves a bunny. (laughs) Join our free online community on the True Story FM Discord server at thenextreel.com forward slash discord. And if you like what we're doing here with the True Story family of podcasts, why not become a supporting member? Visit thenextreel.com slash membership to learn about the benefits like members-only Discord channels, show live streams, cool stickers, and more. I guess first and foremost, you know, especially since you guys were are more are larger fans of the pod of the sorry of the video game than I am, uh, JJ. So then, what did you think about how they uh, translated the relationship of those two characters from the video game to the screen? Well, I'm not really familiar with the way that they uh, that they existed in the video game. I I can talk about it as, as in the movie though. I you know I don't feel like they ever necessarily had a chemistry other than the way that the characters were meant to play off each other. The the banter was evident. You could see the sort of script and what they were trying to do between the two of them. I don't know that I buy a whole lot of Mark Wahlberg and 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 Tom Holland and and their love for one another, but I kind of feel that way about Mark Wahlberg with most people. I think that's kind of how he comes off on screen. It's always Mark and whoever's with him, which I think, I mean, that didn't bother me in this film, though, because I was so happy to watch. I, I know what I'm going to get with Mark Wahlberg, and I, I know what I'm going to get with Tom Holland. So that was all fine for me. I didn't necessarily think that they connected. I didn't ever really believe the sort of trust or distrust relationship that they had there. It just always felt like the script to me. But again, because of what I was coming to the movie with, that didn't bother me. Their relationship was who they were as characters, and that was all I got from what I saw on screen. I wanted more, but I think you're right. Like, I, there is, this scene is an example of the movie writ large. Like, I could see the script. I could see yep. the script. I, I never really felt like I was able to to let go of that. I like what they were trying to communicate. One, the sleight of hand bits. The fact that Tom Holland is such a, a great pickpocket. I, I feel like that was handy, but he's also Tom Cruise in Cocktail. Like, there is, they, they were trying to shove an awful lot of of like character sort of ticks and behavior and traits in in a very short amount of time and i don't know that they necessarily like they could have just leaned on on one like if he's a great pickpocket fine i just never felt like that was a motivated trait like he didn't really have a need for doing the things that he was doing stealing the bracelet like i just never felt like that was earned um and i also i'm a hundred percent with you i think mark Wahlberg 
cursed his career when he did the Saturday Night Live goat sketch <laughs> because I cannot watch him and not expect say hello to your mother for me. Like I can't, I can't watch a movie. He's just at, like he's a lampoon of himself, and so I I had a hard time taking him seriously. I recognize that's that's me, but as a result, I never got any sense of like Sully Drake. Um, chemistry through the entire film, maybe right. to the to the post credit scene, like maybe yeah. I, I would I would give a little bit of grace there, but it, it, but even then, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're jumping way ahead, but even then, the the gag of the yeah. you know the puberty thing, I mean, it's, you still see the script, you see the right? script. I mean, like it's still just like yeah. here are the jokes on the page, yep. and 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 I, I'll go back to what I said when I was when I was introducing the show, a really good movie to get my kids to this kind of humor and this kind of like yeah. jab stuff because they don't see that often, so this is great because th- it's new for them. But if 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 you've seen a lot of this, it's going to feel really sort of like this is. This yes. is what we're used to. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And they t- they took that. Um, so you have the initial salvo and the initial recruitment. And so uh, the other part of which is really I consider parts one and one a of the main big piece is the uh, recruitment of uh, Nathan by Sully, and then they go to steal the key from the auction. And th- now this this sequence I think gives you some some little action beats, a couple of unbelievable sights of uh, you know Tom Holland jumping off of a of a balcony and holding on to light bulbs. Yes. Which somehow support his Do weight. Do you which want I, those light bulbs and, everywhere? And that was amazing. Yes, they, they, they a support his weight and b don't shatter in his hand when he's clearly gripping them, hanging yeah. on because that that's a long fall, and that's going to hurt a lot. And so, so with that that piece, and this is really just I, I think um, all of this together was kind of the quick setup of you know who the main characters are. Uh, the so your first introduction to Antonio Banderas, who's chewing up scenery in this movie, uh, you know, as as the as the bad guy, uh, Santiago Moncada, mm-hmm. or or is he the bad guy? Uh, you also are introduced to uh, Braddock, whose relationship with Sully is a little bit murky, and you also show that you know they're they're their banter back and forth, and this is also where I sort of see the page as well, is that there's a lot of mistrust of each other, and I think it's really mostly a one-way street at this point, because um, you know, Sully is really just about the money and getting getting the money, whereas Nathan seems to be much more about the the adventure and wanting to you know let's go find the treasure hunt let's let's do this as a team because this will be fun, and, and so in this first sequence with uh, with with the auction, uh, so Pete, did you find that? They were able to do a good job of setting up, you know, where where should your loyalties as a viewer lie? Who should you root for? Who should you root against? You know, do you think that this was done well here? Well, I want to I I want to ask a clarifying question though, because I, I, did you not get Ocean the connection to Tom Holland to Drake wanting to know like his motivation being driven by not knowing anything about his brother, like? That that felt like a strong motivation to me that they were trying to get me to really buy into that, you know, Sully was really dangling that out like that he knew his brother and that that was a strong motivation enough. Was that enough to make Drake at this young Drake want to join the the cause for with Sully? Well, I don't think that was enough, but I will say that I think that if you take the intro scene where Sam, Nate's brother, brother, kind of sets him on the path, like gives him this sort of impetus to say, it's in our blood. This Mm -hmm. is what we do. Nothing's it's lost. It's not gone. Right. This whole all of these 
tenets of their who they are. We are we are descendants of Sir Francis Bray. We are pirates. This is everything he gets into. So ultimately, whether or not I agree with the mystery, the mystery of Sam's disappearance is a motivating factor here. But I think even more so than that is Nate's looking to live out the legacy that he was taught by his brother. And now this is the greatest opportunity he's ever been offered for that. I guess is the way that I would look at it. That's the biggest thing that drew him to the quest in my mind. Man, I I think it's telling that I am so on the fence about that, that I feel like neither was strong enough for me to to understand this. And I felt like, you know, I I probably... You wanted to watch Cocktail, actually, is what you're saying. I did. I actually switched. (laughs) I actually was watching Cocktail on my phone in the theater, like when I brought that up. Uh, I, so I don't know that it was it was necessarily strong enough, but I, I have to say as a caveat, and I'm sure I'm going to say this throughout. I love watching Tom Holland in action sequences. He is me too effortless, and it feels like his bones are like bird bones; they're hollow. Right. He has a way yes. of carrying his body in this fight in the, with the light room. He does this thing on the balcony railing where he punches a guy and then gets on his butt on the railing of the like third story like balcony and twists around with his feet in a spin that's so perfectly balanced and then comes out and punches another guy. And I've been thinking about that all weekend. Like, that's a cool move. Like, everything he does is a cool move. So, like, that buys me a lot of credit to just not even think about the fact that this is kind of a stupid thing. Like, they are asking me to buy a lot of emotional weight into this sequence and their future relationship. And I know it's going to be twisty, twisty with betrayal. Thank God he's so, like, physically charismatic because this movie doesn't really work without him. A hundred percent. I agree with that. I mean, there's really not a whole lot that's special about this movie except for the fun that you find in the people or the the lightheartedness that's there. And I think, you know, we brought up Red Notice before. I think that's a lot like that, too. I think we're getting these movies right now. And I felt the exact same way about Red Notice. And I actually liked this better than Red Notice. Oh, yeah. And I liked Red Notice. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's no, shots Red, fired Red, for Ocean. Red Notice, yeah. yeah, yeah, Red Notice Talk has about a huge that. heaping of the Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot all, all <laughs> together in this wonderful Give us the stew. Tom Holland and the Rock <laughs> movie, yeah. right? Oh, I, would I mean, that, that's, that's what we need to see. I'd see that movie. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that movie, but that's not what has happened here. I mean, you know, you, you know, even if you like Tom Holland and put him up against any one of those, there's no, there, there's no one else on this movie that I think is is the second. Like, the, there's no one else that's with true. the chemistry of, of of Ryan Reynolds or Gal Gadot or The Rock. You know, so Tom Holland can be in that conversation, but after him, it's a it's a big drop off from this movie. But yeah, that that, that aside though, from this movie, I, I understand with all the with the action sequences at the beginning and, and all that, but I I found that. It seems to be a missing point of it at this point in this early stage of really being able to set up the, the set up the stakes, so we can really kind of understand. You, you know, the, they've set up in a sense an opposition to the goal of of finding the treasure. You know, they they don't explain why until a bit later. Um, but the, you know, they, they but having set up this opposition, it's just it felt to me like they they just had to have someone there. So they here's it, you know it, it was it's, it felt very paint by numbers insert person X, yeah. but not a real reason of not only A, 
that they were trying to stop them or were they just trying to be competitors? You know, it seems like they were like, is this, is this the offense defense situation where we're trying to stop you from finding the treasure or is it just, we're just racing? Yeah. You know, and, and it was a little bit confusing in the tone of well, which is it we're doing here. And, and so, you know, and I feel that the movie went back and forth. And in this first piece, it seemed to go both directions. It seemed to be that Santiago was racing, whereas Braddock was trying to stop them. I, I think it was, I think it was clumsy. I think the whole thing was clumsy, was totally clumsy getting us into the narrative. And I think that is ultimately what's going to doom this movie and make it forgettable. It, 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 it's like flashy. It'll do very well. There will be sequels. But, you know, in terms of what actually happened, you know, you'll lose track of that pretty quickly. You know what that reminded me of in this movie? It reminded me of Ready Player One. It reminded me of like Banderas as the big bad, mm-hmm. you know, Braddock as the female assassin, like and the bungling of the twisting and the turning. It, yeah, it 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 uh, it was it was fine, but it wasn't it wasn't satisfying in any way. Well, and I think to Ocean's point, like you know, there's so much hue and cry over like save the cat and the save the cat model of <laughs> templated screenplay writing, right? Like this is why we get so many movies that have like beat for beat, page for page on the script, the same movie. This feels like a save the cat movie when you throw in a bunch of who done it and go find it kind of tropes. And I'm just like, I, it, it just... It doesn't work. It shows no, like this scene in particular as an action beat, it is fun to look at. It's fireworks, but there's no substance. There's like no purpose to it. And the final sort of betrayal that Mark Wahlberg leaves and leaves Tom Holland not to get caught, don't get caught, kid, don't get caught, uh, is it's like nonsense. And then get in the car. Well, you had to be tested. You passed your test. Like, I just, you know, I, I know what they want me to think. I think they want me to think, oh, he's an unreliable mentor. And that's going to make for an interesting character like pairing. But it's not interesting. They didn't pull it off. Like, performatively, they did not pull it off. Wahlberg didn't pull it off. So I, I, I struggle with that. Also, while we got to the car second, which then implies that obviously going the roundabout way that uh, that Nathan Nathan went gets you to the car faster <laughs> right. for reasons. All right. So, um, so since they um, of of course then are able to steal the key, and now they are going to travel to Barcelona to meet Chloe, who, unbeknownst to Nathan, has the second key that is required to to find the treasure. Um, and so when they when they go, they meet. Uh, it's it's again a, a lot of you know what happens a lot of beats of this movie of these characters not necessarily trusting each other. Uh, you know, and a, and a, and a what, what I would argue was it was f- somewhat fun to watch, but forgettable foot chase scene after Sophia pickpockets uh, Nathan takes the key and they have to go get the two keys. And so then they go through. Did all you the, know you that all treasure hunters are pickpockets? The, everybody in this universe, they are. They sure are. Do not, <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. every pant is a zipper pant pocket. I will but, pick yes. your pocket yeah. if you get too close to I me. I actually have little padlocks on all of well, my pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but to be fair, Chloe notched it up a level. She picked that out of a backpack. Yeah, she's good. So that, 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 that's usually, like, those are bigger, louder zippers, you know. <laughs> to get with a flap them. and a, like, hook. Oh. God, yeah. while yeah. we're watching them on camera, like, there was, exactly. there was no... What cut does she have a prehensile tail that we couldn't see? How the hell did she do that? It was nonsense. Okay. I and then everything about that scene, like the 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 foot chase, it makes it's never ending. It makes very little sense. 
has no has no actual movement to it. It's just two figures moving in space, never gaining on one another. And then the ultimate thing that really bothers me about the ending part of that scene is then she finally does get away and into a car and they decide that we actually don't have to chase her. She needs us. So that entire scene is completely worthless. It was just for the setup of the action that wasn't very good action in the first place. I don't so I don't think it was worthless. I would like to posit that that entire scene was actually Tom Holland's audition tape to play the prequel young Ethan Hunt in some future because he wow. runs like Tom Cruise. <laughs> he he runs like he a does. young Tom Cruise freight train and right. I'm here for it. So it looks good. It looks I didn't good. say it didn't look good, but film wise, it's completely valueless. <laughs> it's totally valueless. Uh, other than for Tom Holland's career. You're but that's right. why we you know. go to these movies uh, uh, is for because uh, 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 they for they look good, right? <laughs> like it's fun. I didn't like the kind of vaudeville sort of end where he falls into the pool and like yeah. just and, you know. Well, you got you got to give you got to give her a chance to get away. Yeah. And also, I, I do appreciate that that reading of it, Pete. But the the character of Ethan Hunt is uh, coming out from Tom Cruise's uh, cold dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tom Holland is going for a part from an actor who does yeah, not that's age. That's the only way anyone else is getting it. Right. Uh, so now we've been introduced to, to Sophia, and this is to really Chloe. Sophia is the actress. So, sorry. But yeah, Chloe's the, you're, you're Chloe's right. the character. So to, thank you very much. So now right. we've been introduced to uh, Chloe. Um, and here's the, the piece that where, where I felt, at least on the first watching, that was going to be the meat of the movie, where now they, they've got the two keys and they're now going to Barcelona and then they're going to go do the treasure hunting. You know, they have to figure out the different keys, you know, where they go and, and start working through different, really, traps to try to try to ultimately find this treasure. And, and so I think that there really, there's two parts of this that, that, I, that I wanted to touch on, uh, touch on and discuss. You know, one is the, the setup. Did you feel that there was enough of the different, you know, trappings and keys that they had to go through, you know, the, the little mines they had to go through and then the, with the water hazard going through the club and all that? And then two, the payoff, which we can discuss after, after that, because the payoff for me was kind of a down, a down point for me. Um, you know, I did like that it seemed to be that the, um, you know, the puzzle makers were just trying to put together a, a theme of, hey, if you want to get this treasure, People will have to work together, but did this? Do you think was a good execution of this? How did this hold up to your, you know? Because I always equate everything to Indiana Jones, you know, and like going through things with that, and you know how the or even National Treasure. So, uh, so, so, Pete, how did you feel that the just the mecha, the mechanics of what they put together on the screen? Like, how did that? How did that move you? For me, I liked it, and I'll tell you why. Because this was not just living up to the expectation of other movies that have come before it, but it's living up to the game. And the game mechanic, the way Sully and Drake uh, interact in the game, point. is exactly this. This whole middle beat was the game. I am trapped in a thing, and I can't do that thing until you go do that thing over there. Like, I'm going to drown if you don't open that other key. And we're going to introduce some other fight mechanics in there, too. But uh, mostly it's if this, then that, and not before this. And I thought that was... Um, that was a great homage to the game. How does it work as in the movie standalone if you didn't play the game? Um, I still thought it was kind of fun. I Like, I enjoy the intensity of it and the almost drowning is always a thing that's going to get me. Don't care for it. Nice little play against those anxieties. Um, so that part was fine. The fact that it was in, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a subway. What was it? Was it a subway? 
that they were fighting in a sandwich, the sandwich shop uh, up at the top. Oh, yes, it was, uh, they, it was a Papa John's. <laughs> it was a Papa John's. It was a right. Papa John's. They're having in Barcelona. This fight. In there's Barcelona. Papa John's in there's Barcelona. Papa John's in Barcelona, Evidently. and this like monument to antiquity is behind glass in like a mall Papa John's. I thought was really bulletproof uh, glass. Yeah, bulletproof glass. Right. That was that was uh, fun. So. Given that it is such a good homage to the game, I am interested to see how you guys felt about I it. I love that idea, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's great. And I, and I love that they're finding a way to connect with people who get the game like that. What it reminded me most of was the Da Vinci Code in the way that ultimately all of the, and not just this in this set piece, but all of the puzzles that were led to be found are pretty much found rapidly you know if you've read the dan brown books and you've and and, and the movie is not exactly the same as the books but you know it's this kind of thing of there's a bunch of puzzles we're going to get them and we're going to solve them within a page or two so that we can keep the momentum of the thing going and i really felt that way in this story as well that ultimately the only time that they ever triggered a trap was on the initial turn of the key otherwise well i guess Nadrake did walk to a different place too well but the, but that was actually they needed to do that which I think is interesting that wasn't a false thing they actually needed to do that to get to the next step so um, so that was actually part of the solving of the puzzle which I think is 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 interesting but that's what it reminded me a lot of that really what they were trying to keep in this film how the, the way that I felt was forward momentum mm-hmm. and to keep you moving along which again is a great film for a 10 and 12 year old yeah it's practically on rails <laughs> exactly Okay, and so then, uh, keeping along with that theme, so if we, if you like everything that, it, that all of the setup to it, then, uh, so JJ, what did you think about at the end of the rainbow? It's just a, a map in eight <laughs> foot, in eight foot, uh, vases, effectively, right? right? That, 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 that all of that was to just get to the map. Well, so, so did you, I guess I'm curious, did you, you know, did you feel that was a payoff? Did you feel that was a letdown? Were you kind of this similar, like, so I'll just, you know, put my little thumb on the scale as well with that, where it's like, well, so the implication, for me, the, the, me when it became a map, it gave me a second to think. And that, in this movie, for me, was problematic. Yeah. When I had a second to think, I realized, oh, the brother had already, Sam had already been here. Good so point. are they trying to That's say that Sam just point. got there and then either couldn't figure this stuff out or didn't, they didn't have the key and Sam got there and said, oh, hey, this needs keys. And then they went <laughs> back. Or like, you know, like, spent <laughs> three weeks in there super gluing all the faces back together because he already them up and, with salt. and putting the map back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and that well, that's problem too, which you're jumping ahead of. Yes, because it does. They do later on imply that Sam knew about this map that was in there. Which how? how? Like how would Impossible. you know that it was there? So, so yeah. So exactly. So then, so when it's revealed that it is a map, is that a? Um, I guess yeah. So JJ, did you have a feeling of oh? Oh, it's just a map, or oh, hey, now we're getting to go to part two of this treasure hunt. I'm so glad that you thought of all that stuff because I that is such a great thought, and it makes no sense for the ultimate telling of the thing. I it didn't bother me. What it felt like was par for the course, really, of what we were going. Like ultimately, I figured that this ride was going to go on for a long time, and never really knew when we were going to actually get to the thing that was the end thing that we were supposed to be getting. Um, and that really felt like what was happening here. Um, I really didn't think the gold was going to be in those urns. 
because what there had to be more to it, right? I think what I find interesting is the that the betrayal keeps happening, right? And that that no one really learns from the betrayal <laughs> throughout the film. <laughs> and I wonder we I should ask Pete, is that common in the game as well that you have to trust people and then have them betray you as I, well as you go? I don't remember it well enough to be able okay, to tell okay. you that. But but I do think it was interesting like that uh, often those betrayals are um, their their pattern recognition, right? Like you can get a sense for when you're going to be sure. betrayed because of how the character has behaved in the past. And in this yeah. one, it's such an intermittent reinforcement. It's such an yeah. intermittent reinforcement. Sometimes they're just, they do really good things. And mm-hmm. for some people, I can imagine watching that and being like, wow, that makes the betrayal even worse because they really did invest in doing the right thing to get the next thing, to go to the next step. And that was very positive. But they lay it on so thick with so many characters that by the end, I'm like, you can't obviously can't trust anybody. And that has devalued the experience. So why and and totally agree with you. Why would Chloe betray them right there? <laughs> right? Why would she choose that? I've just been given the map. Yeah. So this is the thing that now now I can do this on my own. Why right. why would I choose like <laughs> this man literally just saved my life from drowning. Yeah. But now I've got the map. I'm going to do the rest by myself. Well, that uh, makes that one I little sense. Uh, that one I uh, because what we find out later is that right she's already been hired by uh, and point. so yes. like all she I, I think my hunch was that just she wanted to trap them down there so that they weren't chasing her and so there was but you know sure. I thought the same thing why don't you just go up to Papa John's and get a pizza and then talk this out <laughs> like why underground right like Garlic why saves underground all. Yeah, no I agree yeah well and also too the, the even that piece of it the the hiring of them that 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 uh um, sorry, that Santiago had hired both of the uh, Brad- Braddock and Chloe to then, you know, find slash get the the treasure. Um, it also belies that the you know, which is another beat of. So this part of the movie for me slowed down a bit, and this is where I ended up doing too much thinking. I'll admit, but it was also another beat of where I started realizing. So were Nathan and Sully the only two people that didn't know this was a map? You know, because the way they were behaving the whole time, Nathan and Sully were behaving as if we're about to find the gold. Here is exactly. the gold. Everybody's but all of the of other them. characters seem to react like, "No, I expected it to be a map." Yeah, right. that came back, and, and so so I'm fuel you know, up so the that, jet. That to me was another. We piece. found the map exactly. Yeah. Right, it's on the map. We're going here. Let's, let's just go. I, I felt the betrayal was happening just for the betrayal, right? So once they once they find the map it, inside of that, which is uh, I think a. Really, I think, are somewhat of a testament to how uh, maybe poorly written the character of Santiago is, is that we're not really talking about him that much. Because in between here, in between the map and getting on the airplane, because the airplane is, that sequence is really great. Uh, but seeing that in the airplane, you know, he kills his father, uh, you know, sets up, sets up a whole troop of people to get on a plane to go somewhere. Did, and and did I, maybe did I miss something? Did they ever say where they were actually going? I mean, they end up in the Philippines, but that isn't where they were originally going. Oh, I thought that I thought that's where they were going. And they were just they were naming like small places in and around it, like for islands. Okay. To drop their so they may okay. So then if that's where they were originally going, then I just missed that piece of it. But that you know, that he kills his father and then he gets betrayed by Braddock for reasons. (laughs) That is a huge issue for me. Like what was her purpose? What was her motivate? Was it just villainy? Because if that's the case, it's not enough. Well, I'll give you I'll give you what I think as the devil's advocate thing. I I don't agree with this, but what I think they're trying to say is that she need she is a treasure hunter just like Sully and needed funding to fund her treasure hunting. So she used the Mercado 
funding to get her this far. And so then once she gets to the place where it's like, okay, now we're going to parachute in and get the thing. I want to take care of the guy. I've killed the dad, so now I can kill this guy. And I have direct access to the treasure that I always wanted. Because she... Okay, so now we have Jones, Belloc, and the Nazis all accounted for in this movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Well, yeah, yeah, but I was also surprised that the, that his, uh, his henchmen effectively just turned on him on a dime as well. You know, because I, I <laughs> no, or they order sixty six them. Yes. Right, they, exactly. They they, they order sixty six them, and then and did it in a way where because my thought was they were only there for the money, right? That his Santiago's men are there because he's paying them the money. Braddock doesn't have any money, so like, why? You know, like they're like, well, she's gonna... money in this movie is a very conceptual thing yeah. because when you think about the motivation of Santiago to get this fortune, that it was clear that his family is extremely wealthy without the fortune. <laughs> and if he just would have been a good guy to his dad through his life, his dad maybe <laughs> wouldn't have given away the fortune for the other fortune. I mean, like, it's so confusing. So and then, <laughs> they're only in it for the money, but there's money here, there's money there. Like, choose the money. There's no more money or less money. We have a bunch of gold. Th- I have a bunch of gold in a backpack, but then I'm going to have a bunch of gold in my pockets. And that <laughs> gold is enough gold. That that's gold is enough gold to get me through without the gold that I had in my backpack that was, you know, I mean, it's so, it's such a conceptual thing that you can't, I mean, there's no way to use money as a motivation for anything here. You have to like take the concept of money out of it and all of the other motivations can be the only motivations here because money is everywhere yeah. seemingly in this film. I, yeah, I guess, I guess I was, I was ascribing that motivation to Santiago's henchman, not necessarily Santiago himself. I felt that he was more the rich kid that needed something to do. However, I do agree with his point about the father did not have the right to give the money away. Sure. Because the father didn't earn it. Right? When it was earned 500 years ago and handed down to you, you hand it down unless you're the last of the line. Ah, but he's uh, the CEO. Know, I mean, maybe he's, you know, I, I mean, he did not have the right. Sure. Yeah. I agree with that. But, but I no, think the father the right. had I was, enough thing there, too. It's, yeah. it's so confusing. I money. Was, I was ah. pro-patricide in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. I was like, yes, you, you, you claim what's yours, Santiago. <laughs> that character had so. <laughs> probably the the only characters that had le- le- less plot armor than him were his the mercenaries the henchmen so yeah, they get yeah, tossed exactly. off the plane yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, so. I, I we're gonna I'm gonna table this for right now, but just know we are coming back to my, one of my central production design problems, which is uh, wet pants. So just hang on to that. Wet this is a teaser. Pants. We're gonna talk about. <sighs> Wet pants. pants. All right. It, that's a fun couple words <laughs> yeah. to say. I think oh, we're going to yeah, need to say is, that like is. 15 more times okay. each. We're going to come back wet to wet pants. pants. Don't worry about All it. Right. Wet, wet pants, pants will be revealed. Right. What's next? Wet okay. pants. So, so, so then uh, I, I guess also, well, maybe we can take, take a, a beat here to to praise the production design of the the airplane sequence right. you know it's where the movie opens where he's you know he's passed out and he wakes up and he's attached to attached to a uh a, you know a cargo a cargo, cargo net, box yeah. a cargo net yeah cargo net box so yeah cargo net and so he and that whole sequence of you, you know once you forgive the uh, what I would argue absurdity of they kill Santiago, they're then going to take Chloe and they want to kill her, but they just turn their back for a quick second so she can run away into the cargo lift and then hide <laughs> in the car, you know, and then they start throwing, you know, and, and then, of course, uh, Nathan and, and uh, Sully are in the car, so they pop out, then they start letting the cargo stuff go out, out of the back of the airplane. You know, I forgive all of that for, you know, that's that sequence and how that was put together and how and how 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 beautiful it looked and how much it does, I think, go to your point as well 
well, Pete, about how well Tom Holland moves and the jumping and, you know, going back and forth from the from from the from each container to the next one as implausible as it would be in order to go forward when you're on a plane driving, flying that far the other direction. But, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're thinking, you just let that all go. Too hard. So, so but it was it was it was a wonderful, <laughs> great, um, great, uh, great set piece. And so, I, I forgive everything. I like, also, narratively, like it just worked. That's one of the template beats in the script that just works for me. Opening up on the ring floating upward, kind of jiggling in the wind and pulling back and realizing what's really happening. And of course, we know what's happening. If you saw the trailer, they reveal the whole set piece right in the in the trailer because it's worth it. It's a high value thing. Like if the rest and isn't of this that movie, mirrored from the game too? I mean, that's, that's not in anything that's that's in that I game. played. Um, oh, but okay, there are I thought that games. was something famous in the game. It, yeah. it probably is, but I, I didn't. Sure. Not that that I saw. So okay, but but I am not. I'm not the definitive end of Uncharted. So I just thought it was really cool. Even once I, I like, I just had such fun watching him jump from thing to thing in midair. Uh, and uh, when he's when the car comes at him and he says, "Oh, come on!" and gets hit again, like there's just like visual charisma on screen and i was able to let go there's enough of it that it didn't stop me to think which was perfect perfect yeah of course that sequence ends in the in the way that does where they get on the they end up on a box in the water and then they find a um you know i guess a resort that has on the on the edge of the islands but they they find that resort and, and they come in and then there was a cameo when they come onto the beach, right? I could tell by other people in the audience's reaction, the, the people I saw it with, I was like, well, this means something. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what. So did you already know that that, that that cameo was the voice actor from the game or was that also something you had to, you had to Google afterwards, same as I did? I had to Google it. I did yeah, not. I Google didn't know. It. Yeah. We're oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. yeah. But, yeah. We're, but, well, okay. So by saying you didn't have to Google it, was it that recognizable for you? Yeah. Or did you just know? Yeah. Really, yeah. The, vo- the, the voice was. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, it, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it, that's wonderful. It, yeah. yeah. And he's been around for a long time doing it. And so, like, there's now there is enough press. When there was, you know, a big release, I think when the last one was 16 or something, like, like his, his face was around. Like, you can associate him. So... Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that right. was Nolan North. But if we didn't right. ma- yes. mention, oh the yes, name. You're, you're right. Sorry, I did not give him credit. Yeah. Yes, it was Nolan North. Yeah. So they did. Yeah. Okay, so then here they, uh, you know, there's you. They, just I'm just watching hotel. your eyes, and I just I wonder <laughs> if you need like a stunt podcasting to host to step in because are you going to be able to get through your frustrations on this scene? <laughs> So there's two big things that I have issues with on this. And I'll, I'll only talk about the first one. And we, we and you can stop there if there's something that I'm missing. But the, again, I think we did discuss the idea of the knowledge of the map and the fact that he then has this map, has both keys, and then figures out from the notes of his brother who wrote in there that the keys are the compass uh, to, to him. And then that's how he figured out that the, you put the keys in the map in a certain way, put them together a certain way, and then that points to where the treasure is. So here, my problems became many fold, um, <laughs> where, where, you know, where it was like, oh, I, I was still stuck on, okay, so everybody else seems to know that it's a map. And not only that, but the brother who didn't even get the keys knew, knew not only about the map, but knew about the keys and knew if you put them together, it would show you the location of it. And that to me seemed much more of a 
we need to figure out a way to drive it forward. And I don't know why they felt the need to include the brother. Because also my other problem with that became that it made me feel that now he, Nathan, is not as smart. Right, right. Because Nathan has all the tools. So to have him piece it together and figure it out, I think we can kind of go there. But to have it where he's just looking at something from his brother, who his brother who had none of these items, is able to give him the, the salient clue to get it, it makes me think, well, really, you should have just abandoned all this and just gone and found his brother. The only thing that the, – the only apology that I'll make for the film in this regard is that if you want – I agree with you 100 percent on this. And when you brought up the thing about the map, like how did Sam know that it was there without him actually getting the map out of the urn? I think that's actually really intelligent. If you want to sort of compartmentalize the two characters and say that Sam is the – researcher and that 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 Nate is the doer right so he's the one that ends up with all of the tools but potentially Sam was like doing the research finding these things and 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 studying from you know some maybe some books or people that he that weren't he shouldn't have been talking to or shouldn't have been looking at and learning this information and getting all this here and that he was trying to share this information with the belief that the quest was still possible that's how you could maybe see that about sam but i think i think your points are very well taken how could he do it without the tools but if i we look at that initial scene that we have with sam he was teaching his brother about all this kind of stuff and i think it's consistent with that character if you want to make the movie apologize for that and i again i'm not sure that i agree with it i like your points better than the movie's points but i think that's what they're trying to do here i think it's it was hard for me at this point not to just say almost out loud the production design of the map key interface is ridiculous like the keys (laughs) have been stupid all along like the way they don't did you notice how hard it was for our principal characters to fit them together like they never really latch together they just sort of slide together and you have to hold them to get them in and they kind of do they kind of do but not convincingly like there was nothing satisfying about this and how did he accidentally discover to take off one of the gems and find the the thumbtack on the inside and to put down there and that nobody knows what a compass is like they kept using the word compass but really it was more of a top and like that the little arms like it was an erector set it, it like it didn't do what they kept using words and the production design never lined up with the words they were saying and it was a figurative it was, compass it, was it will show dumb. you the way it but it has a, nothing to do with what a compass it actually was a does. dumpus it yeah. was so <laughs> stupid and and so i couldn't like i just none of that was believable and then <laughs> he's able to use this to come up with longitude and latitude. (laughs) I mean, come on. God, thank God he's just so fun to watch because, man, this was a real low point. (laughs) Going going from that that point to the, the penultimate scene. Uh, and the penultimate scene is he he devises the longitude latitude and finds and, and then goes and finds the ships in a cove. And so this is where... Okay, so... I'm so this proud is where of my head that they just, found the ships. That's great. Go, yes, you they, guys. They did, they did yeah. find the ships. And, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, even, I, I even went over that they... 
uh, Chloe at this point, you think then, they, so Chloe and, and uh, Nathan together, and you think maybe they finally work through their trust issues, but still Chloe decides to betray him one more time when she sees the fake lo- uh, lot of longitude and latitude, longitude and latitude coordinates, easy for me to say, uh, and then starts going off on her own, leaving him, leaving him behind, and then he realizes, well, she's going off the wrong way, so I'm going to go find the boat. Sh- sorry, the ships. You know what? How about this, JJ? Why don't you just tell me instead of instead of me just because you know, my head was exploding with like so many questions about them being in a cove. When you saw that he just dove under, was in a cove. Well, I did recognize that he had wet pants. <gasps> but other than that, I think it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> that he needed to swim to find said cove. Yet there seemed to be an entrance that was readily accessible for anyone else who just happened to be <laughs> coming by. <laughs> to be fair, they boat. blew it up. They what? They blew it up. Oh, Braddock blew it up. But you're but you're right. But the, the Sully just showed up on the on the ship. Exactly. They just like yeah. he just like he paratrooper did. I, I don't know where he, he did not have right. to. Work. He didn't have so. to work to find it. No. Yeah. But that's they used the phone, like right? Movies, the phone tracking. Yeah, yeah, he was tracking. Like all the same. Yeah, yeah. He just he fell into the hole. He was up above. That's one of those <laughs> yeah, movie shorthands so. that I kind of forgive uh, on movies like this that sure. once once I have been with the audience avatar, our hero Nathan Drake, and I have found the ship, it's find that other people can find the right. ship that the they've right. broken yeah. the seal so it's I, a painted target. It's a painted you're, target. You're, That's exactly Everybody right. can find it now. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 500 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that part was less of my concern, uh, less, of, less of what was bothering me versus how, how they got there. When I was watching, as I was my filming of this movie, I was expecting, similar to what you saw with the big giant vases, I was expecting the gold to be in some containers of some kind. And yes, they were in containers, but they were still on the ships. And, and that was, for me as well, that was one of the things of where I had multiple problems with the ships because a how did they get there because if he swam then that means it implies at some point the entrance had to be big enough for these massive ships to get into this cove and then rock had to grow down over 500 years and it has to be in a location where nobody goes for reasons you know, and that that just the fact that they were there, that how they got there, um, was you know first off that was just you know that 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 broke my brain, and, and so and so it it took me a bit out of it because of that, and then and then when Braddock and everyone shows and they are just ready with helicopters, yeah, yep. they know? were already and so, and there. So there was there was it, it just it it got to be a bit too convenient for me in that it seemed to be that nothing that was going on was surprising anybody. It was it was as if the only person that was surprised was Nathan and me, the viewer. That everybody else already knew. Well, the ships will be in a cove that is has a, has an opening from that you can only get to from the from the top, and you need to helicopter them down and out. And so, I, I don't know that I, I don't know how much of this is either it was either bothering me or if I felt just slightly insulted as a viewer of oh okay so you're just going to throw these points out that clearly don't make, not only don't make sense to me as the viewer, but then seem to be everyone else, all the other characters seem to be acting as if, oh, of course, this is how it would be. I'm holding my breath for JJ to talk first. (laughs) Well, I just, I mean, you're right. There's nothing real about this movie. 
I'll just say it like that. There is yeah. nothing real, and this is everything that you just listed is a whole lot of more not real. In uh, in so, this movie, actually, climate change is making the oceans go down, and so what really right. happened is the ships were in the hole; they were over the hole in the cove, mm. and then over five hundred years, they were just anchored. And over five hundred years, the ocean levels, as you know, in the Drake's Uncharted cinematic universe, the oceans recede. And they lower it okay. onto okay. the beach. Got it. So all right. All right. that's settled yeah, science. I, I'm, that, that, I of course it is. And, and so, and, and honestly, there was, and, and and for me, and this is what I want to make sure that my my quibble is correctly understood. It's not. I am fine with movies having like fake crazy stuff. Yeah. Trust me, I'm 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 in for fake crazy stuff. It, it just felt to me that it it wasn't holding true to its own narrative. It seemed to be that. Everyone, all the, most of the other characters seem to accept that this was going to be this way, but they just kind of fake you out as the audience member or just Nathan where it's now not that way. And, and so that was my, I think my main thing with the, with, with the boats and then with the ships. But then they give you a slight reward with a crazy sequence of helicopter boat fighting. Yes. Can I, can I ask so, one uh, question, so one like tying question, just to make sure I understood what they were doing with all the characters? Because I might have an Eternals problem with this scene, right? Oh. And it mm. starts when he's with Chloe in the hotel. They, like, they Kumail Nanjani'd her, right? right. She was an, a, an yes. important part of getting to that point. And then... They tricked her, gave her the wrong latitude, only to make her the brunt of a joke after the crazy air airship fight. Still, oh, yes. look, she's still down, snicker, snicker. She's in her boat, in her speedboat, right? Did I yes. miss something significant? No. Well, the uh, betrayal exactly there was her betraying them. Had she not taken those coordinates and left, she would have been there. Right, but she still should be so, more important to the yeah, story. Yeah, this is, to be this there. is very much like That's a Doyleist concern. Okay, like yes, they yes, wrote her yes. out of the story, and I liked her more than that. I liked yeah. Kumail Nanjani in Eternals. I wanted to see him in the big the fight, fight at the end. I liked Chloe. I wanted her to have some role, and it was like they couldn't figure out what to do with her, so they gave her the the longitude latitude gambit, and she was gone. I think that was sloppy, yeah. uh, clumsy. Definitely. It, yes, I, I agree with that. And so then, but when I was bringing up uh, earlier before before that segue, JJ, about the uh, the the helicopter boat fighting, um, were you uh, did you did you not enjoy that? Oh, that piece of action? helicopters was, was, in movies. That was a lot. So of, I have a lot of experience in helicopters. I have a ridiculous amount of experience in helicopters. I've I've got more butt time in helicopters than most pilots do, and I and I will say helicopter scenes in movies are always ridiculous. This one may be the most ridiculous <laughs> helicopter fighting scene ever. I mean, when you the one I always refer to is in the Italian job when a helicopter is playing chicken with a car. Helicopters should not play chicken with anything because any sort of foreign object damage to a helicopter the helicopter gets ruined. Yeah. But for some reason, Hollywood has this mythos built around helicopters that's to say that they're somewhat threatening and that they're somewhat bulletproof i guess to this kind of thing everything that happened first of all the helicopters that they chose are very heavy duty helicopters they can lift huge amounts i don't know that they could lift galleons but the the point being is with them slamming into each other and this sort of thing it, it is the most ridiculous 
crazy non-helicopter world that we're watching there. And it boggles my mind. I'm just like, you have to sit back and immediately go. They might as well have been spaceships. They are spaceships yeah. <laughs> for all intents and purposes. I mean, they really are. There's nothing that they do that re- resembles a helicopter. Right. Except for what people believe helicopters do, I had I, we it, have a we have a mutual friend that uh, JB who uh, yes. flew big helicopters in the military, yes. and when he I remember yes. exchanging letters with him, like uh, asking about his flight training, and he wrote me back. He says, "Well, he put me in helicopters. Here's what I've learned about helicopters, and this has stuck with me since the, like for twenty five thirty years. Is what I've learned about helicopters, Pete, is helicopters don't by their nature want to fly." And right. full stop. Like that's the end. Yeah. You can't do anything with a helicopter that is that is like this. That they don't want to fly. Not like a plane. If you stop propulsion on a plane, it'll glide. It wants to fly for a little while. Helicopters don't. Yeah. They, they don't. Autopilot. And, autopilot. There's an autopilot, autopilot button <laughs> in a helicopter. <laughs> oh, if. If we were an expletive-laden podcast, <laughs> would I be on a tear you right now? You would be unleashed. What the <laughs> heck are you thinking? Autopilot with the weight of a gal... I'm, I'm, what? Just come on. Like, And, and there are a wealth of people all around the world that are going to watch this and go, yeah, Mark Wahlberg, press a button. You're Everybody amazing. stand up. Nobody pay attention to flying the, the thing that doesn't want to fly, which is to go back to what yeah. you're saying, Pete. Also, it's I just, would say, given all that, I, it was cool seeing the boats floating around. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah. still cool. I, I, I say I enjoyed the sequence. I thought there it was you go. fun watching it go through the... They have the little zero G moment where they're you know coming up and over, and then the boat comes down, the ship comes down into the yeah. water, and then he pulls it back up for the helicopter. No, they have to give the boat these great hero moments, like to that point, like yeah. that sequence where the boat hits the water and is being dragged through the water, and they have that low wide angle on it as if it is yeah. just like you know it, it's heyday, and the sails unfurl, and it's it it was yeah. it was fun, it was beautiful, as a work of art. Right. It was. It was. It was also stupid. Those two things can can coexist. It was also <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those two things coexist. Yeah, for, uh, honestly, for me, the the big thing, I guess, well, just last thing I'll say about that sequence was, I, I didn't understand why uh, Braddock decided to fight, um, because those ships were worth more than the gold, and so when when Nathan and Sully steal one, you know, they have one. Braddock has one. They both have effectively. 10 billion a piece. Right. And then, and then and if you just take two seconds of calculation of what is it going to take for me to take this from them, I have to risk my my 10 billion. There you go. To, to there you it. go talking about money. I know. Exactly. Too much, about too there's money A, yeah, there's like, money B. Too much. Like man. it just is money. There's no way to say this money's better than <laughs> that money. We're just gonna say money's money and we're all gonna fight about right. money. It it's Thank so you. weird in this movie. Like they're all loaded, but they all want more because it's money. It's so confusing. You're totally right. There's no reason to really fight over it, but everybody wants what they want because it's money. Money. All right, fair enough. So, so what about uh, wet pants? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, you beat me to this it. Is a, this is a thing that actually I remember from both Tomb Raider and this video game, where the characters, when, they have to swim a lot. And the characters in these in these properties, like except for in Tomb Raider, like there are the scuba diving levels where she's actually wearing a scuba diving outfit. But okay. most of the time, these characters are just wearing their adventure clothes, whether it's shorts or 
pants or short pants or capris, whatever. And then they go swimming. And what happens to you guys when you get in the pool or the water with your clothes on? And then you come, down. you come out of it. Rid- right. Ridiculously weighed down. Can only move yeah. bare. Like you feel like you're stuck to the things that you're wearing. Yeah. Right. And, and the pants, the wet pants are wet. They get baggy. Yes. Right. They start to sag. You end up with the wet pants, soggy bottom problem. Well, the games are okay. They totally combat this because, you know, Nathan Drake gets out of the water that he's been swimming in and he still has pants that fit completely tight. butt. they are awesome pants, impervious to wet pant. Uh, And he looks great. (laughs) They carried that over to the movie and I found it bothering me to no end. Every time Tom Holland gets out of the water, his pants are CG'd tight on his butt and they fit him perfectly, oh. right? Are they CG'd tight there on is his butt? No way. He is not completely cleaned up digitally after he comes out of this thing. There's wow. they don't look real. They don't look they, they look like they are form fitting not real pants. Now, well, Tom Holland's beauty is a central focus of this film. You are absolutely right. And I am I am in favor of the cleanup. Believe me, I'm okay, okay with that. But when he starts pulling 80 pounds of gold also out of his cargo <laughs> pants that he's been lugging <laughs> up the chain to that helicopter. No, he had wet pant already. And now gold wet pant like a helicopter <laughs> that does not fly. Exactly. So the pants of themselves be so heavy and like that backpack full of gold yeah. that Sully climbs up on a flying How much does that with, weigh? It's like, it's like 200, 200 pounds. 200 pounds? 300 pounds. What Easily. is it? Crazy. Crazy. Wet pants. Wet gold pants. So, so you don't feel that they set that up in the early part of the movie with the training montage of, uh, of Nathan in the in the in the in the bedroom shirt off, yeah. just you know, okay. the whole thing of the no. they, they they set they set up the ability to climb up uh, a rope uh, with wet pants. And How gold. many times he did that thing where he did, and he does it in the movie where he has to run up a thing, yeah. the ship, and grab on with two hands and do what yeah. is the move called where he's like deadlifting it's himself. From- it's up. from Ninja Warrior. Like you do the big yeah. run up and grab at the cliff. It's called the the high cliff, the cliff something. I, I am know, okay yes. with it. He oh, looks the, great. the crazy wall, the curve wall. Yeah, yeah, the, yep. the curve wall is in the American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, he, yeah. he's yep. great. He does yep. that stuff. I get it. Super strong bird bone individual, but <laughs> wet gold pant does not fly. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, I guess before we start uh, winding this down, were there any other either acting performances or things with the cinematography direction that you guys particularly enjoyed? You'd like to discuss? Well, I feel like we need to talk at least about the writing and directing uh, team. Uh, it would it, it, the the uh, part of the reason that my expectation was set higher than you know uh, another movie of this kind, first treasure hunting movie. I'm already there, but uh, the screenplay was written by Matt Holloway and Art Markham and Rafe. Judkins. Now, Matt Holloway wrote, uh, has written a whole bunch of things. The new Men in Black uh, International. Um, the uh, Also has written some Transformers stuff. Wrote the Transformers The Last Night. Um, wrote Iron Man uh, with Art Markham. The, the first Marvel movie. Big fan. Um, also is behind the screenplay of Craven the Hunter, which is coming. Uh-oh. It's in, in yeah. pre-production right now. And 
uh, wrote an early draft of Masters of the Universe. So that's Matt Holloway. Uh, Art Markham... You mean the the old Masters of the Universe? No, there's an early script no. of a new movie of Masters of the Universe that's okay. going okay. to be made. And so um, he works a lot with Art Markham, and so Art Markham was also on uh, Iron Man and Transformers and Men in Black and Uncharted and Craven the Hunter. Um uh, Rafe Judkins also on the writing team is behind. He's, he's been a producer on shows like Agents of Shield. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of Agents of Shield. Wheel of Time uh, was uh, is a writer on Wheel of Time, currently on Amazon Prime uh, adaptation of the book series. Chuck, he was on the uh, he, he wrote nine episodes of Chuck. I was a big fan of Chuck. Watched every episode. Thought it was a great show. So I already kind of had a high opinion of the people who were writing this thing in terms of their ability to write these kinds of adventure stories. Ruben Fleischer is the director, and uh, Fleischer is has done a lot of production rank work. Um, and a lot of directory work. He has uh, directory work direction, 30 credits. Um, he, in terms of his feature films, well, his first feature was Zombieland, right? His first feature in 2009 wow. was Zombieland. Uh, he All then right. did, his second feature was Gangster Squad, which I thought was great. So right now we're two for two. Then he does Venom, which was more of a mixed bag for a lot of people. I felt like we, we got what was on the tin, given the constraints of that character and what they chose yep. to do with it. So, yeah, I had fun. And then Zombieland Double Tap, which I did not care for, uh, not one little bit. Um, and now this, Uncharted. So, for Ruben Fleischer, my experience with him has been very high and very low. Like, there's very little right in between for me and Ruben Fleischer. Um, but the rest of the team, I actually had some high hopes of, of what I was going to get out of this movie. The movie delivered exactly what I it, what, again, was on the tin. Like, it's an adventure adaptation of a video game, an extraordinarily popular video game. I don't want to give them so much credit as saying they did the best with what they had to work with, because I don't think that's true. I think this movie is an example of the, the whole being less than the sum of its parts, even Mar Mark Wahlberg. Um, but well, I still but had a Fleischer's, really good time. Fleischer's going to keep getting jobs. I mean, are there any more Disney rides that need to be made into movies? Because this is exactly <laughs> like that. You're I mean, absolutely right. That's the yeah. thing. Like, it, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of meat to it, but it's a fun movie. It's, it's fun. exactly what he needs to do. And that that list of movies that you talked about, there's I know there's there's hits and misses there, but you know I I. I think he's going to keep getting gigs because these people are watching these movies. Well, there is a recipe, right? And the recipe, right. if the recipe ends in, as you say, people watching these movies, um, you know, we're going to get more of these movies. Exactly. Oh, no, they they clearly set yeah. up a sequel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, for because, uh, you know, and I, I was curious, did anyone... So, did either of you for a second believe the, that the brother was dead? No. No. Okay, that's Sam, the brothers. That, okay, yeah. So, because because uh, uh, my even when they first brought up the, the idea, I was like, well, how he can't be dead because there's going to be has to be in a sequel. Yeah. The, the worst part uh, of the plane sequence is when you stand next to a huge open door and say, "Did you kill my brother?" There's no reason to do yeah, that. Yeah. There's yeah. what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Are you going to yeah. anyway? But yeah, no, yeah. I didn't think he was dead either. Given that you uh, you know the the high hopes and expectations you had of of the writer and directors and you know, actors and everyone in, involved in this. So the issues that we've you know discussed you know coming to this point, do you think it's more of a the the choices that were made in the writing room on the page? Do you think it's more of something with the direction could have been a little tweaked a little bit different, or do you think it re truly is just 
a bunch of great tastes that do not taste great together. Well, I think this movie is great tastes that don't always taste great together. I think the problem with being able to see the script on the screen as often as I felt that way in this movie is a problem of the script, right? We have too many performers on screen that we have way too long of a history of knowing that they can do really, really good work, right? We know they can do good work, even in movies that are like this, right? Like similar big budget, big smash em up movies um, where I don't see the screen, the script written. I don't know if it is something coming from PlayStation Studios just being a novice at delivering this kind of stuff. That is an awfully long logo reel in the beginning of of this movie, the new PlayStation Studios logo. Um, I, g- good bully for them for getting into this business, but this first movie felt pretty transparent, and it it might be growing pains for, of just uh, a creative team that isn't gelling yet, um, because a lot of people are very capable <laughs> in the leadership roles of the actual film. So, I don't know, but I I think it boils down to a script. I don't know. JJ, you agree? It's a it's a bad movie, but I liked it. Yeah. That's how I I mean, quite honestly, it gave me I I'm really glad that we asked at the beginning of the show what what were you going here for? What did you expect for? I mean, my kids loved it and it was fun for them. Like this yeah. is it's not a good movie. All of the reasons that we've talked about, we've had a lot of fun actually yeah. talking yeah. about how that how 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 things don't add up in this movie, but I liked it. It, it did it for me. I'm going to give it a low rating and a heart. That's how it's going to come off for me. Right. That was my son. So like, then, I don't know, Ocean, did you see it with the whole family? Did you take everybody? Uh, my youngest didn't want to see it, so my oldest my oldest did. He saw it as well. Yes. Yeah. And what did he, he think he, of it? Yeah. Um, well, so I have a 16-year-old son now who basically discusses everything in terms of whether it is or is not chill. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically the opinion you're going to get on everything. And so I asked, was this movie chill? And he said, this movie was not chill. Okay. I, don't, okay. I, don't, I need to be like chill oh translated. Is that good or not good? Not good. Uh, usually if it is chill, it's good. And if it's not chill, that it's not as good. Not and that's usually what it is. But yeah, it's just usually, it's just the word chill. It's like, how was, you can ask, how was, insert anything here, Bishop. Yeah. Chill. That apple. Not that chill. apple was chill. That, that, wow. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The chill. Not chill. That's okay. it. So, yeah. Man so that's of two he, words. Yeah, I love it. He, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So chill that, that's kind not. of what he. I, I did. I went to see it. I, this is actually. I saw it alone because everybody's traveling okay. right now. They're 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 all out of town, so I had to see it alone. And uh, the theater was jammed. Like it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uncomfortably, disquietingly packed. I was not expecting that, um, but. Uh, everybody that I was around seemed to be having a really good time. Uh, most of the theater stayed for the post-credits sequence. There, if you haven't seen it yet, there is, I don't know why you're listening all this way. There are two post-credit sequences, but one is like the mid-early credits and one is before the, the long roll. So, the, you know, once you've seen two credit sequences, you can leave. Um, my son <laughs> asked, are, you go- are we going to go again together? Like, should I see it? And I was like, what JJ said, this was, I, I told him, I said, this was not a good movie. And I think you'd have a good time in the theater with it. Like, it's big right. enough yeah. that it's kind, it's fun on, on the biggest of the big screen. So, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with that. So then does it mean that this movie, and I'll start with you, JJ. So did this movie, um, and I want to make sure, I think you said it, but I'm just going to say a codify it for the record. Did this movie meet the expectations that you had going into it? 100%. 
Exactly. It was exactly what I thought it was. And I, okay. I, I'm glad I bought the ticket because it was great for me and the boys to get out and go see something. Okay. And uh, Pete, did you, for you, did it meet, exceed, or fall below the expectations you had going in? Yeah, I think it met. I think it met the expectations. It was it, it was an adaptation of a popular video game movie and a treasure hunting movie. And that's what I wanted, and that's exactly what I got. Except for I got yeah. this one with Spider-Man yeah. in it. Yeehaw! Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so for, for me, it did somewhat meet the expectations for me as well, as, uh, especially since my especially since my expectations went down once I found out this was based on a video game. Um, it I did get to see the continuing adventures of Spider-Man. I did enjoy the action sequences, and I definitely the movie itself. I, I think that the the pacings for me i almost wanted it to be faster so i wouldn't have time to think yeah, i get and, that and that would have that, that would have that would have helped me out a lot if it had been just everything just been moving at a breakneck pace and then i wouldn't have been able to stop in real time and think through what i was watching i i haven't read any other reviews of it yet particularly reviews of people who love the game but i'd be interested to know like how this met those expectations, especially because this is a hardcore prequel, right? This is not the character you get in the game. This is the character in the game 15 years earlier. And uh, how does, like, this is his first big adventure. So, you know, when hmm. in the game, when we meet him, he is already uncovering, like, hidden ocean treasures. He's on an exhibition, like, already. Like, in, we're in the middle of the story. And um, so I'm, I'd be interested. I feel like I do, I do enjoy the experience of watching him kind of grow up through this adventure. You get to see some, some interesting things like when he gets his, his iconic, he, the necklace. And when he gets the shoulder holster that he, you know, puts on so dramatically. So all of those things I think are interesting. And, and I, I would, I would watch more. We will. We mm -hmm. will too. Well, yes, you, you well, you will definitely get more. We're on Letterboxd. Uh, True Story FM's family of film podcasts are all a part of the Next Reels HQ page. Letterboxd is a great way to track movies you see, write your own reviews, and be a part of a larger community of film lovers like yourself. Sign up for your own account today, and if you upgrade to a pro or a patron account, use the discount code NEXTREEL at checkout and save 20%. This works for renewals as well. Okay, JJ, so we'll start with you. Um, so out of uh, five stars and heart, how, how would you, what letterbox rating would you give this movie? Well, this is interesting because I think when we came to this one on our little uh, calculator here, I think it was still set from way back when, possibly when we actually did Eternals is the way it looked like to me. Because I'm giving this yeah. two stars, so on the bottom half of the, the rungs there. Um, and I think I did that for Eternals too. But the main difference here is I didn't like Eternals and I like this movie. So this is a two and a heart. Yeah, I'm... I'm right with uh, with JJ on this one too. This was like for all of the reasons we discussed. I I just if if I stop and think at all, there's a lot of stuff in here that's just pretty weak. Um, but it looked great. The action sequences worked. The stunts worked for me. They were fun, fast, uh, and also magic helicopters. So this was a two star uh, narrative film, but uh, it's a big glowing experiential heart. All right. Well, looks like we are unanimous, gentlemen. I'm uh, I'm also uh, uh, two stars uh, because I had a lot of quibbles with the movie, and I, I do. I, in, in this case, I think it's more of a small heart, but it's a heart in that I think this movie is something that is rewatchable and something that you can definitely enjoy. I, um, 
you know, again, I, I also have children young enough that I do remember and think of things in terms of, oh, would I show this to my kids and let them, you know, watch it with them or anything like that? And I definitely wouldn't if it was on, uh, you know, if it was on, if I was on, you know, on, on my favorite streaming service and I had some time to kill, it definitely is something that you can watch for the, the spectacle of what it is. And so I think that, uh, to, I think that I agree with, uh, both of your, uh, both of you guys' rating, although my heart might be a little bit smaller, like, like the Grinch. <laughs> your size is too small. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm with you there. I so. will say along the lines of magic helicopters, just as we're looking here, I looked up, I Googled the two words, helicopter and autopilot. And the second listing here is, do helicopters have autopilots? Some do, with an exclamation point. So <laughs> anyway. Maybe this is I, the one. I, 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 I'm shocked. Yeah. And, and and it's it's probably out there. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't believe it for this particular sequence. <laughs> well, you know, that depends. Can the autopilot hover? In in this in the place you know in in, yeah. in 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 place so that way you can you know fight and rescue and try to save your friend and everything while the helicopter stays where it is holding up uh, the four to six billion dollar ship. Exactly. <laughs> That's the real trick, because actually <laughs> yeah. in those helicopters they don't calculate based on weight; they calculate based on value. <laughs> right. Exactly. This can only exactly. hover in the billion low billion if you have yeah. <laughs> because then the helicopter says, "Oh, I better do my job." Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, well, thank you both very much for joining me tonight to talk about Uncharted. Um, so, uh, JJ, I know you're the host of uh, Trailer Rewind. So, you can give us a moment to tell us what else is going on with you and your uh, True Story FM life. Well, we're working on a new look and feel for Trailer Rewind coming up. It's going to have uh, the real thing that we want to focus on is being recommenders for films. We want it. We want it for the world that's streaming out there. Trailer Rewind has always been the thing to go and look for movies that you probably didn't see in the theater that are available available on your streaming services. So we want to get you more volume and more quality in what we're recommending to you. And so that's kind of what the plan is coming up in the next couple months. You're going to start seeing some of those uh, wild recommendations from coming up from us in, in greater volume and greater frequency. So look for that very soon. Sounds great. And uh, Pete Wright, host of uh, The Next Reel and uh, boss of bosses. How is this going on with you? And uh, what's coming up next? Well, you? I'll tell you, we're in the middle of our John Hurd series. And uh, I'll tell you, we had a fantastic time with Chilly Scenes of Winter and Between the Lines. And uh, this week, Chilly Scenes of Winter uh, comes out with uh, comes out to uh, the public release and Big. If you haven't seen Big in a while, it's a a heartwarming uh, treat of a film. And that's uh, that's that's, that's coming out next uh, for members this week. So uh, we're really loving the John Hurd John Hurd stuff. Uh, he's been one of those classic faces for a very, very long time. And uh, turns out, I told my mom, I said, we're doing John Hurd. She's like, oh, now that man's a movie star. Like, <laughs> I, I would not Thanks, have said mom. that. But uh, mom's, mom's a fan's fan, if you know what I mean. Love it. So, yeah. All right, then we want to uh, remind you again to uh, please join our online community with fellow movie lovers. Uh, learn more at thenextreel.com forward slash discord. And again, if you're not already a member, please consider supporting the show. To learn more, visit thenextreel.com forward slash membership. Uh, don't forget to do the stuff that you're supposed to do with your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, listen, and most importantly, share. Please let any of those movie lovers in your life know about the show. The best way we have to get more people listening is you. And coming up next month on the film board is The Batman. The Riddler is asking for you. 
The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. A new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. Hands up! Stay still! How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. The Film Board is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Music by King Ducky. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. Is that King Ducky? Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. Thenextreel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and the Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to thenextreel.com slash originals and get your next read today. Mm-hmm.